Welcome to Evangel Church, where we believe in seeing changed lives changing lives. And the new series that we're walking into starting today is We Can't Stay Here. Learning what it means, how God calls and leads his people to step out. He has a journey and he has a plan and purpose for us that we're going to discover and just be prepared for together, church. So uh, if you have your Bible, you're open with me here to the book of Acts. We're going to jump right in. I want you to see how Luke, who's someone that saw Jesus with his very own eyes, who has a gospel account named after him. That was one of two books that Luke writes in the New Testament. The first one is we know as the Gospel of Luke, where he began to tell about Jesus. And then we have the book of Acts that's also authored by Luke. And so I want you to see what he says in his opening here. We're going to read the first 11 verses of Acts chapter 1. It says, in my former book, Theophilus, meaning the Gospel of Luke, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach. To pay attention to that phrase right there. We're going to come back to it. Began to do and teach. Until the day he was taken up into heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, meaning Jesus' crucifixion, his death and his resurrection, he presented himself to his disciples, to his followers, and he gave them many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days. He spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, when he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised. And you have heard me speak about for John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. They gathered around and they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And Jesus said, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority. He said, don't worry about that. That's not what we're here to talk about. Because before that happens, there's work to do. He said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. Somebody say my witnesses. In Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid them from their sight. And they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going. And suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who had been taken away from you, he will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. So a lot has just happened in the beginning of the book of Acts. This is how it starts off, where Jesus, after he's risen from the dead, makes a promise to his disciples. He appeared to them. He showed them himself. He showed them many convincing proofs. And then he said, wait here, because in Jerusalem, in not too long, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And then you're going to go out and you're going to be my witnesses here in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This is what's going to happen. Jesus said, what happened, what happens here, what's about to happen, it won't be able to be contained here. It's going to spread out. It's going to be for all people. It's going to reach every corner of this world. What happened on the day of Pentecost nearly 2,000 years ago has been changing lives ever since, church. Spreading out, reaching everywhere. But it meant that the people couldn't stay there. 
It couldn't be contained within the walls of the upper room. It couldn't be contained within the confines of the city limits of Jerusalem. It couldn't be contained in all of Israel. It couldn't be contained in all of that area of the world. It has literally spread out and continues to spread to the farthest reaches of our globe. Jesus said it would happen. And I want you to know something. When Jesus makes a promise, he fulfills it every single time. All right, we're going to try that one more time. <laughs> Up here on the balcony. <laughs> when Jesus makes a promise, he is faithful to fulfill it every single time. Come on, they're with me. They're with me this morning, okay? And this is what happened. But I love this little piece of commentary that we get in verse 10. Because I believe we, we, we can fit in this category right here. It says, as Jesus is happening, as all these signs and wonders are happening in front of him, the disciples are all kind of standing there like, and Jesus is going. And I don't know, but I sense something in the heart of God knew that he had to send some messengers to wake them and say, guys, <laughs> he's, he's not coming back next week. Like, you don't need to wait here. Go, go. We can't stay here. They had to look at each other. We can't stay here. We have to go to Jerusalem. We have to go to the upper room. We have to go get ready. Because Jesus is going to send us out. The thing that I'm concerned about that's changed over centuries is that I think a lot of us are standing here kind of looking, waiting. <laughs> We're just staying put. We can't stay here. I'm afraid that the church has become a place that we really just think of as a gathering place. We say, well, no, the church is the people. Okay, then it's a gathered people. But I want you to know the church is so much more than that. For the church to truly be the church that Jesus called us to be, we're not just a gathered people, we're also a sent people. It's not just about being gathered together. It's not just about having these incredible experiences with God and his presence. It's about out of that experience, going out and doing the work that Jesus has called us to do, being who Jesus has called us to be. I want you to know something. When you come to church every single week, what happens here can't stay here. We come in, we're filled, we're touched, and guess what? God has a plan for us as we go. We can't stay here. Some of you say, I wish I could just stay in the church. Like, no, it's not meant to be that way. We can't stay here. God has a plan. He's moving us just like he's moving them. And what happened on the day of Pentecost when the people of God were filled with the Holy Spirit, when the church was born, it was a church on mission. It was a group of people that were filled with the power and presence of God, but they were going out everywhere, sharing that with others. Their changed lives were changing lives all over the world around them. Does that sound familiar, church? Changed lives, changing lives. We come together, and it's in God's presence that we're changed. But we're here not just to be changed, but to go out and see others' lives changed to the glory of God that's what it's all about. And so we see this taking place. And what I love is that these followers of Jesus, he calls me, he doesn't say, you're going to be my disciples. I mean, they are. You're, you're going to be, you know, my, my friends, my followers. He uses this specific word, you will be my witnesses. It got me thinking about that. Do you know what makes a story most powerful? To stand up to the firmest of tests. It's the evidence in the witnesses that corroborate that story. In a day and age where we share so much information with everyone, and I know some of you have had to backstep on this. You share something, you tell somebody a story, and guess what? It wasn't true. 
in a day and age where we have to go to Snopes.com and other places just to find out if the story we know, have seen, and has been shared a million times is even a true story. Is anyone with me? And we're in the midst of all of that. Well, nothing stands a story up like a witness that saw it firsthand. Jesus said, after he showed everyone the nail-pierced hands, as he showed them the scars, as they walked with him, saw them, he said, you're now going to be my witnesses. You're going to be living proof that everything that just happened has happened. You're going to be living proof that there is good news and that there is hope, that there is the gospel of Jesus Christ that can change lives, that it's going out and that they have hope. You will be my witnesses. When people see you, they're going to see me. When they see you, they're going to believe that God has sent me. When they see the way you live your lives, it's going to be a reflection of me. You're going to be my witnesses. And guess what? That calling and that promise has cascaded down through the centuries. And 2,000 years later, does the promise of Jesus still stand today, church? Does the prom- is, is he still who he has always been? Is he the same yesterday, today, and forever? Guess what? Then? That means we still got a mission. We still got a calling to be witnesses for him. And we're still called to go from our own backyard to the ends of the earth. And guess what? We have enjoyed a summer church where we've done just that, where we have seen the good news of Christ go out literally to the ends of the earth. We've had three teams that have gone out this summer. Let me hear some love for Team Guatemala, for Team Dominican Republic, for Team Uganda. They have reached to the ends of the earth to help bring the hope of Christ. But you know what they were really doing? What Jesus promised we would do. You're going to be my witnesses. Everywhere they went, they went so that other people would know about Jesus. That's what a witness does. They go as living proof that Jesus is alive, that he has risen from the grave, and that there is a hope that they can hold on to and find hope in and find life in. I want to take some time, church, if I could, just share with you some of the incredible testimonies about what God has done this summer and how the gospel is still going out to the ends of the earth, just as Jesus said it would. We're going to talk about these three trips, and I want to give just a few highlights to you. We'll start with Team Guatemala. Guatemala was our, our, last year was our first year that we ever went to Guatemala on a missions trip, and it was our first time we ever sent a team of medical professionals out of this house to put on a medical clinic to bring hope to Christ, to those that needed it most, and it was a powerful and amazing trip. But while we were there, God had a village that I believe was on his heart, but wasn't on the hearts of many people in that area. It was a village named Sierra Grande, and this was called the Forgotten Village because it was up in the remotest parts of the mountains in Guatemala. They didn't have access to good food. They didn't have access to medical treatment. They didn't have access to so much, and we had the opportunity to come in contact with this village, get to know them and their story, we came back and we made a decision that we're going to adopt that village and we're going to see a work of transformation happen there. They don't have access to clean water. In Jesus' name, they're going to have access to clean water. They don't have schooling. In Jesus' name, they will. They don't have medical treatment. In Jesus' name, they're going to have these things and they're going to know that there is a God that knows them who has not forgotten about them who desires to have a relationship with them. And so that's been the mission. So over these trips now, we're preparing the grounds and getting ready for that. And the hopes of this last trip was to be there as they were dedicating a new well and beginning the work in that village. But don't you know sometimes, as we're intending to do a great work, there will be challenges that come up along the way. 
Every time that we'll see ourselves wanting to move forward in vision, there could be things unexpected. You can almost, they say it like this, expect the unexpected, right? We want to anticipate that and know. Well, a day before our team left, they come to find out some disappointing news. That that village where all these people had been living for 80 years, as they were getting ready for the well and to do some of this work, the construction companies there would require some kind of deed to make sure that the land could be built on. They went to look for the deed. We don't have the deed. They go back in their history, realize they never have had a deed. They just lived on the land. It was owned by somebody else. So the land they've lived on for decades, a few generations, belonged to a family and these three brothers. And so now it's, what are we going to do about this? It's all, been, it's all come to light. We've been living here. We need this land. So there had been this negotiation to purchase the land and secure it before they could do any further work. And so the team was surprised, but I'm so thankful that our God is never surprised by these things because he had a plan and a mission for them. Wasn't what they anticipated, but God did some incredible work through their hands. And we're going to take a few moments and just watch this video from Team Guatemala and the incredible work that they were able to do in their last trip just over a week or so ago. This year, we as a team returned to Cerro Grande, and that's the village that Evangel Church adopted last year. The goal was to put in a fresh water well and to break ground on a new school. However, when we arrived, we were faced with some obstacles. Literally the day before we left, we found out that the land that the village is built on is actually private farmland. Without the deed to the land, we couldn't break ground on any of our projects. So the team spent the week in prayer, interceding on behalf of the village of Cerro Grande. At this point, we're still in negotiations and are unsure of the outcome but we trust fully and completely that it is in God's hands. Even without these projects, we were still able to serve the people of Cerro Grande. We ran a medical clinic one day and were able to pack enough food bags to bless every family in the village. So here we are with uh, the Puerto Rican uh, clinical team. <laughs> and we're all about to head up on these pickup trucks to uh, Cerro Grande. Uh, hopefully we can provide some sort of care um, to the people there. We're thinking about seeing around 250 people, so praise God. Amen. So we're in the warehouse right now. We're packing food boxes uh, to bring to Cerro Grande tomorrow. I just know that God's going to move in a mighty way, and whether we're handing out a food box or holding someone's hand, uh, I know that Jesus is in the midst of it all, so I'm just really excited. We made 250 bags of rice, potato, corn, and beans. beans. Oh, and potatoes and rice! And bread! We did it in 20 minutes! Uh, yeah! While we were waiting on the decision for Cerro Grande, we had the opportunity to visit another village called Pulha, which was also in need. This village was a little bit more developed than Cerro Grande. They had a church and a pastor. When we arrived, they were so happy to see us. They had watched every single village around them receive help from Hope of Life and World Help, and they had been waiting with expectation for the day that visitors would come to them. We were the first Americans they'd ever seen, and we were the first people to ever visit their village. 
They had church with us. They worshiped with us. We were so blessed by their faith, even in their need. So she's talking about the development of this area, right? So here's the name of the village. Here is the bridge that they hope to have again. So here's the school. And what they're basically saying is that they need a fence because the water will go as high and rises and basically floods the school out. And it doesn't mean that school doesn't meet. What it means is that our children are swimming to school as opposed to walking to school. And so her dreams are one, to kind of renovate the entire area and to develop it further, to develop a, a fencing here so that the water doesn't wash through the school and a safe bridge so that the children can get to and from without drowning because that's really a real, you know, a real problem for them. Amen, huh? <clears throat> so they, we weren't anticipating as a team that they would go there and, and uh, you know, be a part of this well dedication, these other things. So once that changed, all right, now, Lord, what do you have in store for us? There happened to be another team from Puerto Rico. There was a medical team that came, and I believe they were rerouted. And so Sarah Grande became their destination. They could go and put on a medical clinic that we got to come alongside of. So we've now done our second medical clinic, church. Uh, an impromptu one and 258 people were ministered to in that village with the love of Christ. And also every family received food that they so desperately needed as well through a food distri uh, distribution outreach that happened there. So there was so much that took place there. And we're so thankful. You're just seeing the middle of that story. God is working it out. Um, right now, we need to pray. And I want to pause and pray in this moment. The update we have for on the land since the trip has come back is that these three brothers were in negotiations to sell the land to the village. But two of the brothers had the best kind of change of heart you can have. They said, let's not sell it. Let's donate the land to them. And so two of the brothers are on that. There's a third one they need to be aligned with. We were able to encourage them because those that know our story at Evangel, for 20 years we've been praying about a piece of land next to us. And so we know what it is to sometimes wait on land, but God has been faithful. We were able to encourage them with that story that God is in that process. And don't worry, we're going to believe together that God's going to work on the hearts of this family, these brothers, and that they're going to even give you the land, that you could have that and it be secured. So church, can we pause right now, just as we did in last service? Can we pray for that specifically right in this moment, that God would just work on the hearts of this family, that they would um, extend that generosity in the Lord towards this, and that this village would receive that land even free. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that, Lord God, you hold all things. Lord, you own a cattle on a thousand hill. And Lord, we thank you, Lord God, for your incredible way of providing. We pray right now, Lord God, for this circumstance, Lord God, with this village and this family, Lord God, as they are considering what is best moving forward. I thank you, Lord God, for the generosity that's been sparked in the hearts of two of these brothers. Lord, we pray that they will be in unity with their third brother, Lord God, that we will hear good report that this land has been secured, Lord God, that it will be used to bring hope, to bring the good news of Jesus Christ, and to bring everything needed to this village. We pray so, Lord, we ask for that now for you to move upon every heart and provide supernaturally in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God is good. Amen. We'll give you updates as we go.
But we do have another team that's getting ready to head out in a little over a month. They'll be touching down in Guatemala again, so we'll have even more reports from the ground then. One of the summary points that came up from this trip was the importance that not only do we need to be the hands and feet of Jesus, that's important, doing that kind of work, but what makes all the difference is not just doing those. There's a lot of humanitarian aid organizations that can do things that look like the hand and feet of Jesus. But you know what was so unique about Jesus? wasn't just what he did, but it was the heart in which he did it. We don't just need his hands and feet. We need his heart. We need to have the heart of Christ and reflect that in every circumstance. That was so truly remarkable about our Savior. And it's not just that we go on to do what he did, but we do it in the same way, in the same heart that he did it in. And so give us, Lord, that compassion. Give us that grace. Give us that ability to see people like you see them. That's so vitally important. Jesus said, the Son of Man, Matthew 20, 28, didn't come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Lord, give us that same heart that you have, we pray. Well, that was just one trip of the three trips. Our Dominican Republic team, let's hear for them in our trip that took place. I have some photos that we're going to kind of go through um, here that just give you a glimpse of what God did there. Let me read some about the trip itself. We partnered with an organization called Handfuls of Hope here, right here in New Jersey for an eight-day missions trip to the DR, Dominican Republic, from August 12th to 19th. Hands Full of Hope is committed to breaking the cycle of poverty in the Dominican Republic through education and the life-changing power that comes through Jesus Christ. Our team, they developed and successfully presented a teacher's conference. This was our first teacher trip uh, that we've ever sent out. And so we had a healthcare trip last year, now a teacher's trip this year. And uh, they were able to, in that teacher's conference, for the staff of Handfuls of Hope, they were to pour into the teachers in a village called Catalina. And they were able to give them practical teaching skills along with, um, really, the message of God's unwavering love to uplift them and encourage them so that they would continue to make a difference. This school and the children there, there are 400 children in this village that these teachers are pouring into. So our teachers here at Evangel and our team were able to pour into those teachers and into that village. The team also did, uh, took part in feeding ministries, and they had five outreaches with Isaiah 58. That's their feeding program. And they provided food for five. Five whole local villages. It's amazing. And they were able to fellowship with children, give them non-perishable food supplies, and most importantly, show them and share the message of the love of Christ. They had an opportunity to visit an orphanage, to spend time ministering to patients and families at a children's hospital in the capital. One of the testimonies that was um, gripping as I was reading through some of them was this was someone that was their first ever trip and they were coming on this trip, and God has just been working, changing their life, and now they're on a missions trip and overwhelmed. And when they were in this hospital and seeing the, the incredible needs of these children, it gripped them. They say Sunday at the hospital was the hardest day. Seeing all those sick children and even the defeat on the mother's faces was very hard. I was so humbled to be a part of a team that could come and just bring moments of happiness and joy for both the parents and the children. In the midst of all that, there's a great testimony that one mother that was there gave her heart to the Lord as one of our team members led her to Christ. Isn't that amazing, church? I think sometimes we think about the multitudes, but it's about these one lives that are being transformed as well in the midst of all that's happening to bring hope to that family. Changed lives, changing lives. Guess what? It wouldn't have happened if we stayed here. We can't stay here, church. We got to go when the Lord calls us and leads us. I'm so thankful for our DR team, for each of you stepping out, sacrificing, and being used by God to make a huge difference. 
So those are our first two. Our final trip was our Uganda trip. Let's hear for our Uganda team. This is our third time going back to Uganda. An incredible journey that God has been orchestrating there. And this is an area and a community that we have come alongside of. And we are truly looking to see long-term um, transformation happen in a village called Lwunga in Uganda. And it's there that we are able to dig a clean water well. And we talked to you about that last year, uh, last year. And then now we've been able to build a medical clinic that is able to provide need and medical care for all these families and villages. And we're going to be soon establishing a church in that village where the gospel is going to be preached, a pastor is going to be installed. And this whole village is being transformed, church, because of your generosity and our partnership and missions. Isn't that incredible? Great. Let's take a look at what God is doing there in Uganda and what he accomplished through our teams. It is truly a blessing to be in a community called Luwunga. You know, three years ago, you came alongside of us, you provided a deep water well. You've also provided a clinic, and you recently also provided funds for a church. We came this morning to dedicate this facility that is about to start its operation to bless the people of this uh, village. Okay, start. Mm -hmm. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Many people have to walk long distance not only to get clean water, but to get health care. And now this is all right here. Today we get the opportunity to celebrate and worship with All Saints Gate. I am standing here in front of the pediatric wing of the Mulago Hospital. When your team came in this morning, they were able to encourage two Christians who are volunteers. One is a psychologist by training, the other one is a social worker. Both of them are here donating their time to encourage mothers whose children are malnourished because it's a growing threat for the lives of many precious children. So they prayed for these families. We got to see some kids. They're supposed to be four years old, but more, they're just so small. I'm thankful that you as a church, you committed to represent Christ everywhere. And your people who have come today, they have been the hands, the feet, and the heart of Jesus. Pastor Lawrence's 
church. We've got several activities going on inside. We've got a craft going on. We're making um, backpacks that the, the young students can carry their school supplies in. So the kids are coloring these bags that really talk about being engineered by God. Um, we're sitting down on the floor with them and the moms are fully, fully engaged, fully involved. And we are, uh, Dee gave a small lesson on how each child in here was created for a purpose and how God has anointed each one of their lives and they are enjoying coloring these book bags and they are so excited. Outside we've got soccer, we've got bubbles, we've got frisbee, and we've got lots of beautiful faces all around to share the love of Christ with. Praise God. <clears throat> so much going on there. So many lives that are being transformed. Church, what's amazing is that what God is doing in our hearts can't stay here and it's going out. It's reaching places. There's a whole village. I'm sitting next to Mandy watching that video. Tears are filling my eyes thinking before, before these trips, they didn't have any of these things. They have a medical clinic. They didn't have a well. They didn't have access to clean water. You don't realize what is opening up there and how much transformation is truly happening. One of the testimonies that came back from this trip was the power of living water is what I'm calling it. That because there's a well there, it's literally changing the face of that region and area. Because not only were people getting sick, malnourished, even dying of, um, of these conditions and issues with a lack of clean water. But once we provided the well and once there was water that could come to that village, the children who used to walk and couldn't go to school are now going to school. They're getting education. Because that the families are being enriched, the community is being transformed. And we found out that there are four other villages that are now also coming to that well to get water for their villages as well. That's the reach of what God's doing through that. Just in one of those projects, imagine on the clinic, imagine on the church, this is why we talk about this thing called village transformation. It doesn't just change a life, it changes generations of lives with the hope of Christ. It's amazing to see what God's doing. Church, we've talked about a lot, haven't we? You've seen the, the hands and feet of Christ, and you see that where Jesus calls us, he said, you're going to go to the ends of the earth. You're going to be on mission for me. You're going to be my witnesses where you go. Some of you are saying, oh, pastor, I look forward to the day that I could be a part of a missions trip just like that. I look forward to a time that you'll be a part of a global team that reaches all the way to the ends of the earth. But if your heart is to be on mission, I want you to know you don't have to wait to get on a plane to make that happen. I want you, every single one of us, if you're living, breathing, and a follower of Jesus, you are called to be a witness for him. You're called to live your life on mission, not just to be gathered here, but to be sent from here and to go out and be the hands and feet of Christ. And I'm thankful and excited to tell you 
that church, we get the opportunity to take part in our biggest missions trip ever together as a church to our own neighbors and community in just about a month. We call it Service for Service. And we're excited that we are going to get the chance to come alongside of our neighborhood and community to serve with the love of Christ. This truly is a missions trip for us. It's a church-wide missions trip that every single person gets to be a part of. And so we're looking forward to that. It's going to be happening on October 8th. And I want to invite everyone right now at the end of your pew on your right-hand side, if you could just pick up this stack of cards and you can begin to pass those down. There should be a basket and some cards there. Just begin to pass them down so everyone in your aisle can get a copy of that. There might be pens in there as well. But let's make sure every single person gets a copy of this card. I'm going to give you a moment in just a, a few seconds to fill out that card. But before we do, I have one correction that we need here um, on the card. So here's what we need. We need your first and last name. Instead of your street address, what we really meant is we need your email address. So we need your email address, not your street address. So your email address um, and then your phone number. So that, that's just one correction there. Please provide us with a valid email so that we can get connected with you. But I'm going to invite every person. Right now is a great opportunity before we leave service for everyone to fill out this card. You get a chance to be a part of service for service. Some of you would say, Pastor, what's service for service? It's our opportunity on a Sunday morning to not just go to church, but to be the church. I say the church is a place, yes, where we gather together as people, but on one Sunday, when we call it service for service, we don't just come together for a service. We go out and we perform community service to all of our neighbors with the love of Christ. In previous years, we've seen hundreds and hundreds of people flow out of this house and serve and be the hands and feet of Jesus, doing construction work, doing cleanup projects, serving in our community. It doesn't matter if you have um, some limitations for yourself, physically or you can do construction projects there is something for everyone to be a part of so as you're getting ready and you're filling out this card we're going to keep the lights up right now but i do want to show you a video from our last service for service in 2015 so you can see what this is all about and just be inspired by what god's going to do in just about a month turn your attention to the screens For me personally, what this day has meant for me, it's awesome to be part of even a small project where God can use me to touch a life. So I've done church just about all my life, and uh, it's different today to just be a duo of the word and uh, be able to be out and impacting other people's lives and to take that love and take that gift and use your talents and your abilities to impact somebody else. That's what it's all about. It reminds us of why we're here, not to just stay within our four walls of the church, but actually to reach out to the community, show them that we care, show them Jesus' love in action. Uh, so two years ago, Evangel Church helped us start this project. And so we're pleased to kind of have Evangel uh, come back and provide the icing on the cake, which is the landscaping for this five home project. This uh, will be my house. Long process of waiting and building. It's very, very heartfelt that uh, you know, there, there are 
this many people that uh, are willing and, and able to, to help out families like myself. To have so many members of your church come out here today on a Sunday and instead of providing the service within the four walls, you are out in the community and we thank you immensely. Um, it's when the church becomes rich and when you're serving outside of yourself, outside of your comfort zone, especially in, the, in public, in a community, um, and you see lives change, um, that's amazing. Like today we saw people that wanted prayer. That wouldn't have happened if we weren't here. Incredible church, huh? We get to be a part of that again in just about a month. Service for Service 2017. And the theme of it is we can't stay here. We're moving beyond the walls of our church. We're going to move out into our community. We're partnering with the mayors of Scotch Plains, Fanwood, Plainfield, now even into South Plainfield to be a part of serving in some of those communities and coming alongside of some great organizations. Again, as I mentioned, please fill out this card before you leave today. This is your way of signing up saying, I'm in. And then next week, we're going to be having a special service for service rally right after our second service next Sunday the 10th, where you can hear more about the vision, and you're going to get a chance to select your projects at that time. If you stop out at the table today as you're leaving, you'll see some lists of different organizations and projects that we have going on, but we're excited. God's going to use us mightily, and let's believe together that this will be our biggest missions trip we've ever taken as a church. We almost hit 5,000 hours that we were able to serve our neighbors with the love of Christ. There are countless testimonies, and God's getting ready to write a lot more soon. So come, let's engage. Let's link our hands to the great work that God's going to do. Amen? Amen. Come on, church. Are we in? We in? We're in. Let's do it. Let's be witnesses. Let's go out in the way that Christ has called us to. We can't stay here. This is our great opportunity to step out and to show the love of Christ. Would you stand with me this morning? We're going to pray, and I just want to pray for us as we close. There's been a lot that we've talked about today. Information is one thing, but our desire is for transformation. And that happens when we apply those things in our lives and so today, would you just renew that calling that God has in your life? Would you just make yourself available to Jesus? Just as we started it, Lord, would you lead me out? Would you lead me beyond the areas that even make sense? Would you help me to step out, Lord God, to be your hands and feet? Jesus, I want to be where you call me, whether it's in the winds, the waves, out on the sea. Lord God, I just want to be in your will, moving at the calling and sound of your voice. So Jesus, we just commit ourselves to you afresh today. We thank you, Lord, that you're the one that calls. You're the Lord of the harvest, Lord God. You prayed, you asked us to pray to send more workers into the harvest fields. And Lord, there's a harvest in our own backyard, Lord God. There's a harvest in communities all around the world and even in our own nation. Lord, make us your hands, your feet, and give us your heart, Lord God, so that we could truly be your witnesses in this season. Lord, the world needs a witness. Lord God, they need to know that you were sent to save all of us, Lord God. Use us as your witnesses, Lord. You promised in John 17, you said, when they see the way that you love one another, they're going to believe, Father, that you sent me. 
Help us to love each other. Help us to be that expression of love, Lord God, in everything we do, everywhere that we go. Lord God, here, across the street, around our nation, and around the world, Lord God, we look forward in this next season to how you're going to use us, Lord God, to bring a hope of Christ to so many. So, Lord God, would you just unify us now together, Lord God. Inspire, Lord, and equip us to do the work, and we'll give you all the glory and honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. He's so good. He's so faithful. All right, so you have your card. You can take that. You can rip it off. There's a perforated part there. And on your way out today, there's going to be ushers at every door collecting these cards. So please drop them off or take time to fill them out before you leave. If you need prayer, we'll have some of our prayer team up here in the front. If not, God bless you. Make sure you get connected with everything going on out in the foyer. We can't wait to see what God has in store. God bless. We hope you have been challenged and blessed by this message. For more information, visit us at evangelchurch.com.